want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. Our faith is stretched most when trials, tribulation, and trouble comes, but we have to use these moments to increase our understanding of how faithful God really is. We are praying that God stretches your faith after receiving this message. Let's tune in together now. Hace unos pocos años, hablé sobre este tema de estrenando tu fe. Y creo que esta temporada necesitamos que sonas recuerde. Uh, abre, tus, abre tus Biblias a Mateo 9, 29. Amen. A few years ago, I spoke on this subject concerning stretching your faith. And I think it necessary for this season that we're in right now, for a lot of us and stuff that we may be going through, that I revisit this subject again. It's very important to us, this topic of faith. So I need you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. If you guys don't have your Bibles, you can look up here on the board that our media team so lovingly places up there for those of us because we live in a society where we don't have to carry our Bibles with us anymore. I don't know if that's good or bad. Especially for some of us, you know, that are a little bit seasoned. <laughs> yes. But I thank God for technology because at any moment, at any given time, I can pull out my cell phone or my iPad and I can start to read the Word of God. And I'm not, I'm not despising the change. It just sometimes is a little harder for us as older folk to switch over to the new stuff. So some of you young people in here just... Be patient with the parents that don't have a Facebook account. And if they do, they do really silly things on there. Shameful things. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, 29. It says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, according to your faith, be it done to you according to your faith. Be it done to you. De acuerdo a tu fe. According to your faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been having a real bad week this week. Woo! Yeah, my wife just told me. It was a hard week. It wasn't bad because I made it through the week. It was a hard week. Anybody else have a hard week this week? Some people are like, I've been having a hard year. You need to up that right now. I'm going I'm to one-up you at least six, seven weeks. But I realize that the more and more challenging things are, that I realize that how precious my faith is. Somebody say stretch. Again, they say Stretch. Yeah, you guys just say, if you hear me say stretch, I'm speaking Spanish, by the way, if you guys don't know. By faith. Y'all don't know the struggle. Some of y'all do. 
But I thank, I thank God. I thank God because you know what? You guys have been so encouraging. Just let me, let me just step. Because I've, I've made this, I was intentional. God's been speaking to us about being intentional because I'm intentional about learning Spanish and speaking Spanish because one day I'm going to walk up to some old lady on the street who doesn't know English and I'm going to preach Jesus to her in, in Espanol. And I'm going to talk to her. and She's going to receive it. God's given me this vision. I believe it. God's going to save her on the street. She's going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she's going to go back like Coco. You know, like if you, guys seen, if you haven't seen Coco, you're not even a believer. I'm just telling you right now. I think Jesus wrote that was outside the Bible. Anyway, just like that. Listen, because our mothers and grandmothers have such a great impact on our families. And because, and this is the vision God gave me, because I spoke to her in Spanish. She heard in her language. She received God. She gets filled with the Holy Ghost. She goes back to her family, who she has influence on, and now her whole family gets saved. Her whole family receives the Holy Ghost, and they are going to start going to a church somewhere and just preaching Jesus Christ. God told me that he was going to save them from religion. So I'm excited about it. I believe God, but, the, you know, when it comes to faith, there's a part that we have to play. Woo! Preach it, pastor. Okay, I will. I don't know. You know, we sit back and we believe God for things, but we don't want, don't want to do nothing. I'm just believing God for my good health. Put down the cupcakes and the chimichangas. I'm telling you. But see, faith requires something from you, not just sitting and believing. That's why Jesus looked at the people and he said, he, got, he still touched them, but he said, there's something of you that is required. He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Faith isn't just believing. Hebrews uh, chapter 11 talks about now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. James goes on in James chapter 2 and says, but faith without works is dead. So if you're believing something, you're working for something you don't have yet. Let me tell you a little bit of faith that everyone in here knows if you work a job, okay? I'm going to help you out. You come work, and when you work, you believe on the 15th or the 31st or the 1st that you're going to get paid. You know if you don't work, you don't get paid. You can't show up to your job and sit there and go, I believe I'm getting a paycheck. I have faith. No, you got to work to get that money. See, I'm making it practical for you, saints. See, you got to do, you got to work. And then at the end of your work, you will receive the gift that you were hoping and believing and working for. And sometimes, just sometimes, you get more than what you ask or what you think. I, I wish, oh, I wish I had somebody, a witness in here. Have you ever got a check? He's like, I didn't really realize I worked that hard. Praise God. All off my notes. I just believe God is speaking to us this morning about faith because there's so many of his people that are talking about, well, I believe, I believe. So you could believe God for something, but what are you doing to show that you believe? You could talk a good one. Do you guys know that I have four degrees? I have a doctor, a doctor degree, a medical doctor degree, PhD. I also have a, 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 a degree in, um, in, see, you know I'm lying because I'm stuttering. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> like, I, 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 
I should act like I was speaking in tongues. Like, da, da, da. Oh, da, 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 da. No. I don't, but I could talk it. I, I promise you, I promise you right now, it's a joke around here for some of you guys that are new here, don't know me. It's a joke around here that there's an MD at the end of my name for most definitely, not for as a medical doctor, but because I've worked so long in the medical field, I know a lot of medical things. So, you know, my wife likes to, to make fun of me about it, but guess what? Guess who calls me and sends me text messages and asks me stuff on Facebook about everything medical? You would swear I was a doctor. But I'm not. Just letting y'all know. So any advice I give you, that's on you if you follow it. I'm just sharing that right now. You, you can't give me with a malpractice lawsuit. It is not going to work. You listen to me by faith, okay? <laughs> Where was I? De acuerdo a tu fe. We got to learn how to stretch our faith. We got to be the ones that do the work when it comes to faith. Now, that word stretch, it means to draw to a greater size or length, to thrust out, to extend, to expand, to broaden, to spread, to, to reach, to continue. Now, I want to talk about a rubber band. Y'all know what a rubber band is? When you look at a rubber band, it's this big. The significance or the design of a rubber band isn't to stay like that. It's to stretch. It's its job. That's what it's used for. It's it, just looking at it, sitting there, you know, I'm going to take this rubber band because the rubber band is designed to stretch, and its job is to stretch. It was made to stretch, so I'm going to use it to stretch. Okay, let me, let me connect these analogies because uh, maybe you're not catching it. But just like faith and just like us, God has made us to go beyond what we look like to go beyond what we are now and to stretch. God called us to stretch our faith. God has given us a promise. He said, I'm going to move you from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. That is a stretching. So when God has called you to stretch, if you're not stretching, you're going to do like a regular rubber band. How many people know if you don't use a rubber band, it loses its elasticity and it will break if you try to stretch it. The rubber band has so much potential to stretch beyond where it is. Aquí está el dilema. Si no se usa una goma elástica, se puede y puede su capacidad de estirar. If a rubber band is not used and stretched from time to time, it will dry and lose its elasticity. It will no longer be able to stretch. And that's what happens to us as Christians. God will present us with situation after situation for us to use faith, but we won't use our faith because it's like, okay, I can't add it up. I can't. Be, I, I've, I've tried to add it up. I tried to put it together. I wrote it down on paper, and if it doesn't work, I'm not going to do it. We keep doing that in our lives with God's giving us plans and visions and all these things, but God's showing you, I got to have you do it by faith, but if we can't add it up, we don't figure it out, we won't do it. And every time that happens, we're not stretching our faith. We're not growing in faith. And I could promise you something, saints, that there's something coming down the pipeline that will require you to have faith or you're not going to get through it. And because you haven't practiced or strengthened your faith, guess what's going to happen? You dry rot it. And when it comes time to stretch, you're going to break. Let, let, let me help you out. You know, when, when you had a cold and God told you to do something or, or when you didn't feel well, you're like, I just don't feel well. I don't want to move. Or when God told you to do, you didn't do anything. But all of a sudden, when you go see the doctor and he tells you you got diabetes, 
it breaks you. Now you're at the church laying on the ground. You don't know what to do. Oh, my God. My God, help me. See, some of us make fun of people that lay hands on themselves and say, God, I don't receive this cold in the name of Jesus. I am healed in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to put a mask on and still go to work. I, I know I'm sick, but I, I believe I'm sick. And as I'm walking in faith that you healed me. Yeah, man, this, see, I'm speaking about this. This is true because I'm walking around here with a heart the size of a watermelon probably. It, it's probably all over here, and this is, this is real because I have a defibrillator in my chest, and they're telling me I need a heart transplant. But every day I, I sit down and I lay hands on myself, and my wife lays hands. I said, God, by your stripes I am healed, for healing is the bread of your children. I receive that healing right now. Now, I could do what the doctor said because I can go lay down. And the doctor said, you don't need to be preaching. You shouldn't be running a business. You shouldn't be running anything that causes you a lot of stress, John, because your heart's bad. And listen, do not exercise. Don't exercise because it's bad for your heart. Okay, I'm not going to stretch my faith, but I stretched my faith. One, because I said, God, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something I love. I love working out, but most of all, I love preaching the word of God. So if I'm up here and I pass out, don't you cry for me after I'm preaching and fall out. Don't you sit down and go, I wonder what he did wrong. No, it's because I requested to God, if I'm going to give up the ghost, let me be working out or let me be preaching the word of God. Don't cry for me. You know where I'm going. I'm trying to get y'all there with me. By faith. See, it's those of us that accept every challenge of faith. When we accept it, we're stretched a little bit more. So the next time we're stretched, we could be stretched even further. You know, when you get a rubber band, you stretch it. Then you move it around, you stretch it a little bit further. And then you move it around and stretch it even more. You, you know, in your right mind, you don't take a, a brand new rubber band and stretch it to its co complete capacity because you know it's going to break. You stretch it out. How many people try to blow up a balloon before stretching it? Did the light just come on? Bing! You see those guys that make animals? Little ant balloon animals? What's the first thing they do when they pull out? They're talking to you. So, what kind of animal do you like? Huh? Yeah. No, okay, dogs. You like dogs, huh? Okay. <laughs> this is the same thing with our faith, and God understands us. He understands. He knows from the beginning what's going to break us, but he knows it. We don't know it. So he'll give you little situations to stretch your faith, to stretch out. Mark chapter 9, 21. And this is a familiar scripture for some of us. And if not, hopefully it'll become familiar to us. But here we have is a man who had a son from, from a child who the Bible says that he, had, that he was sick of the palsy. So basically he had an illness, but he knew the illness was a little bit more than just something natural. He knew it was something spiritual and he couldn't do anything. He tried to, to heal his son. He, he listened to Jesus. He's obviously a follower of Jesus. And he tried to do everything to get his son saved and all that other stuff. But, but he comes to Jesus. He's like, finally, I've heard Jesus talking now. I just need to go to Jesus because whatever I'm doing is not working. And then here we find this man that comes to Jesus. And it says this. And Jesus turned and he asked the father. He said, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And the father said, he's been like that since he's a child. And oftentimes it has it. What is it? What's in it? Has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. So whatever is in him is trying to kill him. But if you can do anything. Let me say that again. This is the man talking to Jesus. If you can do anything, 
Have compassion on us and help us. Now, let me put something here on the side. So many times our prayer to Christ is, help my son, help my wife. But you see here, the man has taken a vested interest in his son. He said, just don't help my son. I need you to help us because whatever my son is going through, I'm going through also. I talk about this one thing I I never really understood is that, you know, you guys don't know Dre for Christ who comes here. He's our evangelist. He goes and preaches in the prison. Dre has never been in prison, but he does a lot of ministry in the prison. And we all got this mindset of thinking, well, if you ain't never been to prison, you can't preach to prisoners. Well, he goes to the prison, he preached to prisoners, and people will say, well, man, you ain't never been locked up. He goes, you know what? My son has been locked up, and if you don't think I wasn't in there with him, you're out your mind. Because whatever my son went through, I was going through with him. I may not have been in a jail cell with bars, but I was in a jail cell of my mind and of my heart. So I was locked up too. So he had a vested, his, his, his prayer was, God, if you can help us. Show mercy and compassion to us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway, somebody say straightway, the father of the child cried out. And he said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe God. Has anybody ever been in that situation? God, I believe you, but you got to help me right now because it's not looking like it's going to come through, God. We're at the midnight hour. It's almost time, and I don't see it, but God, I trust you. I believe you. Help me with my unbelief. La palabra, if es la palabra pequeño más grande que conozco. If is one of the biggest little words I know. This little word can stop you from doing a lot of things. We're so busy looking at curse words as being four-letter words when there's a two-letter word that stops us from everything. Don't add a what if in front of it. What if? If. Significa conditional con reserva. If it's conditional, it means conditional with reservation. The child's father said this, el padre del niño dijo, se puedes hacer algo, ten compasión de nosotros y ayudándonos. Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. It appears, saints, that the father had the if in the wrong place. El padre tiene an if in el lugar equivocado. Jesus dijo, se puedes creer. Jesus said this, if you can believe. If you can believe. Not if I can, it's if you can. God can do all things. So there is no if, it's if you can believe. No es si puedo hacerlo, es si puedo creer. James 2 says this, faith without works is dead. What are we doing? What are we doing, saints, when we say we believe? What are we doing when we say we have faith? I don't know about you, but there's some things in my life that I'm believing and having faith to God for. 
I'm believing that my heart's going to be healed. I'm believing whether it's going to be healed where God touches my heart and makes it normal because right now my heart's operating at 19%. 19%. I should be in a wheelchair. I should be on oxygen. I shouldn't be able to run a mile. I shouldn't be lifting weights. I shouldn't be in such great shape. I'll see you later. But I'm believing God for this healing. Listen, you guys, I'm believing God for this healing. I know that any moment, any time, my doctors love to remind me that, you know, your heart's doing it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a miracle that you're doing what you're doing now. They keep, they remind me of that, and I know that. And then they come, but, you know, it can go south at any moment. You could be feeling good one day, and then to wake up the next day, your heart's completely just bad. You're gone. And I got to keep with that on my mind constantly. But I said, I believe what thus saith the Lord. He said that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. I got to believe what God has spoken over me. And if I don't believe it, he could have told me once and there'd be no challenges. But see, he knew that my heart would get worse. He knew that I would have some bad days. He knew that the doctor was going to tell me something. So he prepared me for each step. So if there's a day that I go before the doctor and they got to crack my chest open, I still believe that this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God. But I'm not going to believe it when they look at me and go, John, your, your heart's bad. You need to get in here now. We're just waiting on a heart. And I'm just looking at him. Okay, fine. You're not worried? No, man. I ain't worried. I believe what thus saith the Lord. We'll walk out of here with a new heart. Then I'll be running four miles. I'm healed. I'm just waiting to be made whole. There's a message in there somewhere. Probably preach that next week. Listen, you guys, faith without works is dead. The bottom line is very clear. You can never arise in public above what you are in private. You know what's cool about it is like, you know, out here while we're at church, we're real, we're real holy. We talk about what we believe and all that. We talk about it. But, you know, there's things that come up that, that are going to face you that everybody sees. You know, the things that you can't hide. Come on. What happens when, when the business fails and closes? You can't tell everybody, well, everything's going okay. You guys hear me? What, what, what happens when, when you go before the doctor and the doctor says, yes, you got, you got cancer and you're going to die? There's certain things you can't hide. And see, it's going to be made public. But whatever kind of faith you have in private is the same kind of faith you're going to have in public. See, I, I don't, I, I, my faith is private. I, people don't know about my sickness until I tell them. But you best believe that I got to deal with some private faith. There, there's things that I got to deal with that's between me and God. Nobody else knows. My wife don't even know when I'm going through it sometimes. But I praise God that we're close enough that, you, oh my gosh, see, there goes another message. It, I, I, I praise God that there's people around me that know me well enough because I, tend, I, I choose to fellowship with other believers that know me when I don't say nothing, that they look at me and know something's wrong. And instead of trying to pry it out of me, they know to pray for me. But if nobody knows me, if I'm not connected, if I'm not in the faith, if I'm not in the, the building, I'm by myself. Who's going to pray for me? Who's going to encourage me? Who's going to call on me? Unless I'm connected with the body of believers. Praise God. 
si no tienes una fe privada, nunca tendrás una fe pública. No necesita una montaña de fa para mover una montaña. You don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Don't get up and run. Don't start praising God and doing backflips. Because some of us think we got to have such a mountain of faith to overcome this. Listen, don't look at me like I got all the faith in the world because I'm standing here preaching in, in my situation. It's not that. It's not that I'm just this great super guy full of faith. I'm not a Moses. I'm not an Abraham. I'm not a Gideon. I'm just John. And I'm trying to work with the little bit of faith I got. It ain't much. Trust me. But I know it's enough to believe my God when I quit my, my job, my six-figure job a year to come pastor. That took some faith. It did. You see, I stuttered when I said it. I wasn't lying about that one. I was just thinking six, six, six figures. I have faith enough to believe God that when my daughter was lying on her deathbed to lay, in, lay hands on her and watch God heal her and her recover. I have faith enough to believe the Lord when he told me the day that I got this diagnosis of death, I believed him. And, and I was just like the man we read about earlier in Matthew that I said, God, I believe you, but help my unbelief. I, I, I hear what you're saying, God, but this is going to be a hard road for me. There's times I wake up, saints, I don't know about you, and I'm like, God, why, I, I just, I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what is today going to be like? I, I got this full day ahead of me, and I'm so busy not having faith that, God, you woke me up this morning. And if you woke me up this morning, you must have great plans for me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Why can't I start my day off like that? God woke me up for a purpose. He said that last night, John, you went to bed bankrupt on mercy. So therefore, I renew your mercies every morning. So therefore, I shall give you praise, God. I will open up my mouth and give him praise. Watch this, though. This is the cold part. There's been times I woke up in the morning and I start praising God. And 10 minutes later, I still feel like I don't want to get out of bed. Any witnesses? Praise God. But by faith, I still got to get up because faith without works is dead. And I'm still feeling miserable. And as I'm walking into the shower, I'm trying to praise God. I got the worship music on. I'm standing naked before the Lord. And I still... And by one o'clock, I'm still down. But I got to realize my faith is being stretched. Okay, it's one o'clock. All right. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. You woke me up this morning for a plan. There's going to be something that's going to happen today that's going to bring you glory. So I refuse to let my heart be down. See, Jesus has to move if to its proper place for us to overcome our obstacles. Jesus got to do it. He's got to convince you to take the if from if you can to if I can believe. Toda fe verdade. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Toda fe verdadera será probada. A real faith will be tested. A real faith can be tested. It's going to be tested. 
You guys, just let, let's just honest. You know, you trust in the airbags in your car because you know that they've been tested somewhere. So you put your faith in those airbags. How many people trust their seatbelts? Because you know they've been tested. A faith untested is a faith untrusted. Unless your faith is tested, you don't know if it's faith or not. You guys hear what I'm saying? See, God allows these trials and these tests of faith to show you where your faith is at and how strong your faith is or how weak your faith is. It's not to condemn you. It's so that you know and how to build it up so that you could build your trust up with the Lord. Watch this. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says this, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it is tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So what Peter is trying to tell me is that every time I run into some trials and some situations, when I have issues that need tissues, when I come up against uh, the mountain, when I come up against the monster, that he's saying that these times are much more precious than gold, somebody help me out here. That doesn't sound like, like thinking, you mean to tell me that when they tell me that I am sick, that their news them telling me that I'm sick, I'm supposed to take that as being valuable? The trying of your faith being much more precious than gold. Why is God saying that this is, maybe he's saying this because there was a man named Paul that said this, that I may know you in the fellowship of your suffering. Has anybody got the news, some kind of news that you knew you were suffering once they gave it to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had somebody in here that would tell the truth that if it wasn't for that diagnosis of death, if it wasn't for that person that walked out of your life, if it wasn't for that bill that never got paid, if it wasn't for all the tragedy that hit your life, you wouldn't be as close to God as you are now. Come on, come on. I need somebody to think about the news that you got. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take your mind there because there was a time that somebody said something to you that you know you wasn't in control of and you knew nobody earthly could help you and you was in your room on your knees crying out to God. I'd never be this close to God if I wouldn't have got that diagnosis that they gave me. John, you have idiopathic dilated cardiomyopathy. I mean, you couldn't just give me a sickness with one word. I need a degree in Latin to even understand what that is. Idiopathic dilated cardiomyopathy. With an ejection fraction of 19%. And I'm supposed to look at this and go, God, thank you. Watch this. It requires faith. So that the word of God will come true that I may know you, God, in the fellowship of your suffering. So it's through my suffering that I get to know you. Oh, Jesus. It's through my suffering that I get to know you. The fellowship and the suffering. And I won't, unless I suffer, I'll never know the power of your resurrection. And if I don't suffer, I won't know the power. And if I don't have the power, I will never be made like you. Paul said that I may know you 
in the fellowship of your suffering, in the power of your resurrection, be made conformable, be, being conformed in the image of your son. Listen, it's by faith that when we suffer, we know that we see these things. It's an opportunity for us to get closer to God. I know it don't seem right, but I begin to think about what Jesus wanted to quit when he suffered many things. Say to God, there was a time I was like, God, why me? But then I begin to think, and I'm just going to be open book to you. I'm going to be open book to you. I was like, God, not only am I dealing with this heart situation, but I also suffer from PTSD. I suffer from anxiety disorders and depression. So I'm dealing with mental issues and mental health issues. Why me, God? Why me? Why has it got to be like me? And every time I do that, every time I have an attack and I, through, through the week and I get all these different attacks, it hits me and it's hard. It's, it's depressing. It's, it's heavy. You guys know what heavy is? You ever been heavy? Try being heavy and can't shake in it. Try, try being like that and not being able to do anything. And all you have is the word of God. And then God always brings somebody across my path. This says, man, I can't make it. I, I feel like ending it, man. I'm just depressed, man. I have these anxiety attacks. My heart always pounding. I think there's something wrong. I've been to the hospital a hundred times. They got me on all this medication and, and nothing seems to help. And then I look and go, God, I understand now. Because I've been through it, I've dealt with it, I've gone through it, so now I can minister from a place of understanding. There's some of you out here right now that are going through hell and high water and you don't realize that God is going to use that very same situation of suffering that you will get to know him, that you can turn around by faith and preach a message to set the captives free. Yes, yes. God has taken you places that you've never been before. He's drug you through the dirt and through the mud. But, but, but Peter said, these trials are much more precious than gold. Why? Because you're going to know God like you never knew him before. You're going to preach with a testimony. Why? Because I know what the word of God said, that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. No test, no testimony. You've been through it, you've been through it, you're going through it, but God is going to get the glory if you let him. You got to do it by faith. I would go to the gym. I would go to the gym with Bobo. We warm up on the bench press. Bobo's coach. He won't let me touch the weights. He don't let me take them off or put them on. You guys this is, I'm about to start preaching. Bobo's my coach. He, he's my spotter, and he won't let me touch the weights. He adds the weight and takes off the weight. He's the one that determines what I'm going to lift. And, and, and I sit down, and, and there's something that I notice is that when I would get down and sit, sit down and to get ready to lift, I'd look at the bar and see what's on it, and i go, how much is that? Bobo, don't worry about how much it is. Get down here and lift it. Watch this, because if I turn around and look and I try to figure out how heavy it is and how difficult it is, I'm going to judge off if I can lift it or not by what I've done before. And I'm going to sit there and I've already defeated myself because I started thinking about it. Instead of by faith, listening to the one that put the weight on there and listening by faith, if I can't lift it, my spotter is going to help me lift it. See, Bobo said, don't worry about what's on the bar. Just worry about getting it up. And whatever you can't lift, I'm there to spot you. Because I have promised you, I won't put on you more than you can handle or you can bear. 
But see, you know the thing about it is when I can't lift it, do you think he picks it up off of me? No. There's a message in there. He allows me to struggle with it. Because eventually, you know what he wants? He wants me to be able to pick that weight up by on my own. And once I get there and I'm able to do it, guess what? The cool part about it is he still sits there even though I'm lifting it by myself. He's still watching me just in case. Maybe you might hurt yourself as you're trying. Maybe you might slip and, and fumble. Maybe you're not watching your form. And he begins to help me. He lift and, and, you know, after so many sets, you guys, I, I wish somebody, there are some things that you guys are dealing with right now that, you know, through the first five days, through the first five months, through the last five years, you were able to handle it. But you're entering to the sixth year. You're entering into the midnight hour. And you're like, I can't push no more. I can't go no more. But God is saying, you just keep lifting and I'm going to spot you. I'm going to help you pick that thing up. Praise God. And guess what? When you get up, you're going to be stronger than you were before. You're going to be more confident than you were before. Don't worry about what's on the bar. Just lift it. And why was I able to do it? Because before, he did it to me before. When it was less weight, he was there. He never walked away. This is, this is the honest God truth. Honest God truth. Two years ago, I was bench pressing, bench pressing more weight than I've ever bench pressed in my life. And, and I was sitting there. Donald was there. This, oh, my gosh. This, 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 I'm sorry. This, I, it's all coming alive to me. This, I, this was not my message. This is coming alive to me. Donald was sitting right there next to me. Bobo was spotting me. And I was feeling good. And I pulled that weight up off the bar. And Bobo's sitting there. Donald's cheering me on. Come on, man. Donald's just cheering me on. Come on. Come on. And I brought it down. And as I went up, I heard pop, pop, pop. And I was like, ah. And then Donald still said, come on, man. Push, you got it. You got it. Push, you got it. And I was like, I can't. I can't. He goes, you got it. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And Bobo was sitting there the whole time. He had his hands up underneath it, even though I thought this thing was going to fall on me. Even though I thought this thing was going to crush me, my spotter was there to keep me from getting crushed. But here's the, here goes the cool part. I had a brother that was encouraging me the whole time. You can do it. You can keep it going. Listen, and then after he got the bar off me, Donald's like, you okay, man? You all right? Y'all laughing. How many times have you been hurt? And somebody around you needed to come encourage you because you knew how bad you were hurt. You, see, I, I knew that my lifting days were over. That's what it felt like because I said, this is bad. I messed up bad. I blew it. But he encouraged me. He said, it's okay, man. You're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. You're going to get better. And as the days came, he would call me. He would make sure I'm all right. You're icing it. You're taking care of yourself. You're doing what you need to do to heal. Are you doing what you need to do to heal? Stretch your faith. Stretch your faith. Listen, saints. A tried faith will always bring trust and experience. A tried faith will bring more trust in God because you have experience with God. I don't worry about if I can lift anything when I'm lifting with Bobo. 
there's other people I live with that I've never lived with before. You scare me. I'm being dead serious. Some of y'all need to be scared because you're letting other things spot you in your life that ain't got no business spotting you. See, I know I can, I can get that off me because guess what? Bobo can bench press the world. And because he's strong like that, because he's got that strength, I'm not worried about what's going to come down on me because it's not going to come down on me because my spotter got me. He don't even have to tell me. He don't have to tell me. Do you hear me? Because I got experience with him. He helped me out with the 125. When I got to the 325, it wasn't an issue. Because all the way from the 125 up to the 185 to the 225 to the 275, he was there. He was always there. So when it got down to the heavy, heavy stuff, I didn't even have to ask him. I don't even look at him. He just watched me. I don't even have to tell him how many I'm going to do. Matter of fact, there's times I do as many and I go as far as I can, and he'll be there to go, one more. Come on. It's in you because I'm taking you from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. The greater intensity of the test of faith, the greater the stretch of the faith. Cuanto mayor es la intensidad de la prueba de fe, mayor es Estereamento. Say it for me. You guys heard that? Estereamento de la fe. The greater the stretch of the faith. We can never be content with a weak faith, saints. Nunca podemos estar satisfecho con la fe de ayer. We can't be satisfied with yesterday's faith. You guys know that yesterday's faith ain't going to get you through today. Faith is like milk. It's got an expiration date on it. You can't use sour milk. And that's what happens with our faith. The faith that was here yesterday is not going to get us through today. And I can promise you it's not going to get you through tomorrow. That's why God says, I need, I, you need a greater faith. You need to stretch your faith so I can get you through tomorrow. See, one of the problems that we have with faith is we think faith is something that we do. We see, we have, it's like a microscope so I could see something small. But that's not the case. Sometimes faith is like a telescope so we can see things far off. See, we need to have a faith for what God has for us down the road, not just for what's going on right now. And the faith that we have right now will not sustain us next year. We need a faith that launches us into peace and joy. We must know a faith that kills fear and kills doubt and kills worry. Luke 17 and 5 says this, and the apostle Paul said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up in, from the root and be cast into the sea, and it shall obey you. So you mean to tell me I don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain? I just need a mustard seed of faith to move anything? How many of y'all right now in here have ever had that kind of faith that you can look at a mountain and tell a mountain to cab be cast off? Because if you do, I want to go outside, do it to Mount Diablo. <laughs> I, need a, I need you to understand something. Jesus wasn't literally telling them to go out and cast a mountain, but there's been some mountains of trouble that I've had. I said it once before, the biggest mountain that I've ever faced to, to me personally is watching my daughter die. And I said, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. 
That was a mountain, but I had faith enough to believe God. I didn't say, God, if you can. I knew God can because he promised me. He said that healing is the bread of his children. And I laid hands on my daughter and prayed. My wife went off and, and prayed. And the next day, I'm telling you guys, if you guys never heard a testimony, for me, this is the biggest thing that God has ever done for me is that when I, besides salvation, is to sit down in the night before my daughter's surgery, and she's laying there very barely breathing. She's on oxygen. She's barely moving is to lay hands on my daughter, go to sleep and wake up, and she's sitting there laughing and playing the next day, giggling and laughing. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, what happened? So we're getting ready to go to surgery. They scan it, and he says, we, we're not doing the surgery. We don't need a surgery. He said, the cyst that is on her lung that was full of pus and keeping her from breathing, it's gone. It, it, it's empty. It's empty. I said, God, the tomb is empty. We don't have to do surgery. You know, they released her the next day. We went home because of faith. And God stretched my faith. But here's the cold part about it. I wouldn't have believed it then if I wouldn't have gotten a diagnosis of death myself earlier. God said, be it unto you according to your faith. As I, clo as I close, let faith grow. Let it increase. Let it be constant. Let your faith stretch. But saints, we have to be very careful. We have to watch out for a head knowledge faith. That's the kind of faith that can only work within our defined brain in the way that we think. We need a faith that goes to our heart and not our head. See, the head kind of faith is... I'm only going to do it if I can figure it out. God, show me a door. I've shared this with some people recently. He showed me a door. The Bible says, knock and the door shall be open. Right? I said, wow. So we knock on the door. We have faith that God's going to open it. But do you guys know that sometimes you don't know if the door is going to be open unless you turn the knob? Turn the knob, saints. In your head, you're saying the door's closed. Because we're saying that God can open up doors that no man can open. God will close doors that no man can close. But see, God says, yes, the door is open to you. Why don't you open it? Why don't you turn the knob and push it open? I'm the one that unlocked it. He's already opened up doors a few years ago because you have that kind of faith. But now he's trying to grow your faith. And he's saying, instead of me opening the door for you, now I want you to open the door. Just turn the knob, push it open, walk through the door. And see, that head kind of faith will say the door's closed, so it's not, it's, it must not be God. But a heart kind of faith says, God, I trust you. I'm in. Take it from your head and bring it into your heart and begin to believe what God says. Funny, what will happen, saints, if everybody at the Building Christian Fellowship began to stretch our faith? What if we started believing God for what he said? Now, I want you to take that on two levels. The first level, personally. What dreams, what promises has God given you personally for your life that you haven't done anything on? 
that you've been sitting down just believing God. I believe you, Lord, but you haven't made any moves. Secondly, as a church, you know God gave a promise for his church? He said that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow them, confirming the word of God. He gave us a promise that by his spirit that we would prophesy. There'd be words of knowledge. There'd be words of wisdom, the gifts of healing, the gifts of speaking in tongues and other tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. God has promised this all to the church, but we have to receive them by faith. What if we stretched our faith in the small things so when it comes to the big things? As a church, we'll be able to go out and impact the world. God has promised us. Listen, I've talked to pastors all across Susun, all in the Vacaville, everywhere. I've been talking to pastors, and we're all saying the same thing. God is trying to have a revival in this area. In Solano County, he wants a revival, but it's dependent upon his people. God uses his people to perform his works in the earth. But if we don't have faith to do it, it's not going to happen. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. What will happen if we start having faith personally and we have faith as a body of believers? That revival is going to happen. What do I mean by revival? People in this city will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviors. There will be more churches opening up. You're talking about, the. let me tell you, social injustice, it'll end. Because people are saved. He is the answer for all things. He's the answer for all things black, all things white, all things Latino, all things South, South Pacific. He's the answer for everything. So if we get everybody saved, we ain't got to worry about what we talk about in church. We can just stick to talking about Jesus. Does it make sense? But we got to get our minds stayed and focused upon him. God, all this trouble that's happening in the United States, I believe you're going to answer it. You know how? By the preaching of Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I shall draw all men unto myself. So why aren't we lifting up the name of Jesus by faith? See, God wants to give you the kind of faith that you're not ashamed to go to your job and let somebody know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that on the day of Pentecost, that after all that happened, when the Holy Spirit fell, people were filled with Jesus... 3,000 people were added to the church. There wasn't just 120 preachers. It was 120 people that the Holy Ghost fell upon on that day. Do you really think 120 people went out and preached and got 3,000 people? And then a couple of weeks later, then another 5,000? No, you know what I believe happened? That people received by faith. And when they, that which they received, they didn't wait to get their doctorate in theology. They didn't wait till they knew about 75% of the scripture. They didn't go through a, a, a big, long class on how to preach. They did. They just got what they got because they knew it changed their life, and they turned around and said, come see a man. Well, what is the Scripture? I don't know what the Scripture says. I just know the Scriptures are alive in me. I know that my life has been changed. That's what changes other people. But it takes faith, saints. It takes a faith that stretches you out of your comfort zone to bring you in a place of conviction. But we got to know God. Daniel 11 and 32 says this, And such do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. But how do we know God? 
through our suffering. But we got to have faith through our suffering for our faith to stretch. And as our faith stretches, we'll begin to know God. And when we know God, we'll do great exploits. We will do great things in his name for our good, but for his, his glory. My conclusion in this is, are you guys hearing Jesus to bid you to come deeper into the water? God's calling us to a greater stretch of faith. He's telling us to launch out. He's saying, the Bible says, the deep calling unto the deep. Jesus is trying to stretch our faith today. The question is, will you submit? Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. Some of y'all came here today and you were like, I just came here because I wanted to support my family and the baby dedications today. That's what you think. God sets up. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in that God ordains times for him to meet you. That somewhere along the way, somebody was interceding on your behalf. And that word intercession basically means this, to make an arrangement for you to meet God. So when I pray and I'm interceding on behalf of, of my friends and my family and people I don't know, I'm saying, God, I'm trying to set up a day or a date or a time that they will meet you for real. So today, this is no coincidence that you're here. And God's saying, the first stretch of faith that I want you to have is to have faith in me. That I am your God of salvation. That he is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you may listen very carefully, maybe you've said in your bite with your lips, yeah, I've come up, I've prayed before, I'm saved, I'm good. But the whole point is this, that's that head faith. A heart faith, you'll change the way you live. You'll begin to follow Jesus and his teachings and his sayings. I'm not talking about, because it's just you saying, saying, repeating something that somebody says does not guarantee your salvation. There has to be fruits of repentance. So I'm not asking you to come up here today. I'm not asking you to raise your hand just to repeat what I said. I want to know that in your heart, as the Bible said, they were pricked in their heart. And they said, what must I do to be saved? If that's you today, if you say today, I want to take this walk of victory. Today is my day. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You're in here and you say, today is my day of salvation. I just want you to raise your hand and say, today I want to give my life to the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.